Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. and welcome to Criminality Podcast, the podcast where we know loving reality TV is not a crime. In fact, we celebrate it over here on Criminality. I got an amen handshake hallelujah from Rebecca, so it is official. Rebecca, hi, hi how are you? Yes, we celebrate it, especially on um, holidays and every day, really. Happy Labor Day to you and yours. And <laughs> that's what I was about to say, and yours. Yes, happy Labor Day to you and yours. Glad to not be in active labor today, but for those of you that are, push it, push it real good. And thank uh, and you. Wrong, yeah, I don't know what's happening. Um, Rebecca, how has your week been? Good? Great? Life good? Yeah, everything is good. Um, you know, I love September, and mm-hmm. I love it more than January. Like, to me, the start of the new school year feels more like a fresh start than even a new calendar yeah. year, a la You've Got Mail. No, was it You've Got Mail? Yes, Tom Hanks says, it's been a while, right? But he says to Meg Ryan that September makes him want to bring somebody a fresh bouquet of freshly sharpened pencils. And I love it. Oh, I was like, when you said sharpened, I was like, yeah, flowers yeah, are sharpened. Roses I know. Thorns? Yeah, that's the true crime brain in us. But um, but no, just like school supplies, new calendars, like new got notebooks. It, got I it. love it. Um, got it. So I'm good. How about you? Good. Rebecca, before we get started on our episode, you mentioned you weren't sure what was going on with my background for those that see a clip of this. Uh, The background is the cast of Don't Worry Darling, the upcoming movie that Olivia Wilde is um, directing, and it's full of drama. If this is a PR stunt, it is working because I want to see this movie so badly. So basically all I know right now is Olivia Wilde, who was seen next yep. to, I'm not sure her name, but uh, the guy is Chris Pine, who I didn't recognize at first, but Florence, is it Puff? 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 I, I don't know. P-O-U-G-H. So. Yeah, I thought it was P-U, but. <laughs> I think that makes more sense. That makes much I, I more know. sense than Florence Puff. <laughs> I've only seen it written, and the only way I've heard her spoken about on TikTok is by uh, Olivia calling her Miss Flo, which oh. doesn't always seem like a nice name. But there mm. was a recent video this week how Shia LaBeouf was in this movie originally in Harry Styles's place. Okay. And so the drama this week is that she says that she fired, fired Shia LaBeouf. But Shia LaBeouf releases this video of her sending him a video message that says, Shia, 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 blah, 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 blah. Let's see if we can work things out. If, see if Miss Flo will work with things and maybe we can get this to work. So basically rebutting her entire thing, which oh. 
if Shia LaBeouf is calling you out, that's probably not a good week for you. Yeah. But then also Olivia Wilde during this time leaves Jason Sudeikis, heartthrob Jason Sudeikis. Heartthrobs can be jerks, so whatever the reason is. But then she got with Harry Styles. You know they're together, right? I don't think I did. I am not up. I've been in my own under the rock. It's okay. Tell me more. Well, I mean, I don't know a lot more. I know that Jason Sudeikis served her with custody papers when she was like, oh, on oh, yes, stage. yes, yes. You know this, yes, yeah. Yes. That was messy. Of course, he said that he didn't plan it that way. And I could see that. I could see them saying, we know where she is. Let's do it. But messy, messy. So, anyway, I don't know what's going on, but I know that that Flo, Miss Flo, said she will not be doing any press other than I think this premiere for the movie. And so, there's just drama. You know that like several people do not like each other in this. So anyway, that's all. Uh, well, it is PR and it is working because I didn't know any of what you just told me, but I've seen this image a million times mm-hmm. and I've been seeing it likened to like, um, it's as competitive as who's sitting next to Andy Cohen at a reunion, like the drama yep. as to like how this line where of everyone cast. is. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it does make me intrigued. I, I do like a lot of the players in this, so I'm already intrigued. Me too. And I did know about Harry Styles and her. Yeah. I just, I just, I, it didn't, I knew it didn't you stick. Did. It didn't stick it, because I don't it, know nor why. Nor should it because I don't really get it. Um, Nick yeah. Kroll is in it, which I love Nick Kroll, and nobody's remembered that he's in it because of all this mess. Right, right, right. So, yeah, we've got lots of reasons to to look at that. That's exciting and um, something to to look forward to and watch. Unlike what I've got in my background today, which I was just going off one of your clues and had sure. to had to dig up a, uh, a Kim Kardashian archive from the archives, a look before I guess she had a stylist or a good one. Oof. She's rocking the, the hair. Yeah. Was this before Kim or before Kanye became her stylist? This was before Kanye would probably give her the time of day. This is complete with like an olive green trucker hat. So, you know, it's, oh. um, this is Ed Hardy peak, peak Ed Hardy, peak early Ed Hardy. Aughts, I guess. I don't know, but rough yeah. days, rough days. We've all been through it. Um, <laughs> so I true. didn't go through it, but like, I thought it was cool. The people that did, I thought there was a time when I thought that this was the style and I was jealous. I did not have Ed Hardy money. I, I see that. You're better the thing. than this. I get no, it. No, I don't know how to say this. I didn't ever like it. And I looked at it going like, that looks stupid, but it's expensive. So like, should I? Right. Like, I felt like hoodwinked, like into thinking, I guess it's cool. Cause like, you know, everyone's wearing it that has money to spend on clothes. But um, it always just like reeked of like people who wouldn't get a tattoo, but like wanted to wear tattoo like art that's on why their I clothes was attracted like, to <laughs> I don't know I just thought it was so weird it just like didn't make sense to me no that is a perfect description of this and quite honestly it's kind of the perfect description of the person that we're speaking about today <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> the human form of a tattoo maybe that you would regret too but this week's story is a tale as old as time boy meets girl at a company picnic boy and girl fall in love and get married Girl has PCOS and uses IVF to get pregnant, and the newlyweds have twin daughters. Boy doesn't want any more kids, but girl really wants just one more. So they go for it. Boy and girl have sex tuplets. Boy and girl get TV show America Falls in Love with Them, the end. We're done with the story. Just kidding. Well, that'd be nice. 
Yeah. <laughs> Would have saved me a lot of research. Uh, the end, though, is where we are starting today. And honestly, what we see today is totally different than what we saw years ago. So, Rebecca, you know we're talking about John and Kate Plus 8, specifically John Gosselin. What is your relationship to John and Kate Plus 8, uh, this whole franchise? Yeah, I think like a lot of people, I think I watched for sure, but right. not, I, I don't have any, you know, cemented memories specifically of the show. I just, their tension, always pretty palpable. Um, yeah. I can remember like the the finished basement where they would film like the, um, the confessional type of thing and kind right, of just right. like gradual moving further apart from each other onto different sides of the right? couch on I the couch am i making that up or is that no a hundred percent by the last season it's like boom practically like, totally different, different. Mm-hmm. they were practically in different zip codes by that point yes um we'll get into all of that but yes that is it so if i just said kara maddie alexis hannah colin leah um colin joel aiden like you know all the names. It. Yeah, I I was gonna wonder. I was wondering how many I knew. I didn't know as many as that. I was gonna I, quiz you, but when you oh, said shit. that, I was like, I don't know. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. I I probably knew half of them. Um, but yeah, yeah there is like it's like it goes. It's like part and parcel with a baby story. It's like yep. you can't help but watch. There's something about like someone having a baby that's so mundane and yet so interesting. But then to have six at one time and you already have two, it's a fascination. And then the names and you're watching them grow in real time. I don't yeah. know. It's hard not to look. They were so cute. They were I know. so cute. It was. And then especially in the beginning when it's like this pure television, right? So like they're very, I mean, we'll get into it, but their personality is like, Kate has a very dynamic personality, John not so much, but then <laughs> the little kids, like it was just kind of, it would always end on a good note. There was never like right. a cliffhanger and it was, you know, watch this kid go to the doctor tomorrow and see what happens next. It was never anything like that. It was just like a day in the life. And so there's like something very soothing to me about that kind of show. And I know you too, if you watch the baby story, if you watch any of those, like it's like complete at the end mm-hmm. of the episode, it's done and you can move on with your life. Right. But today I'm going to introduce you to these two people, the first one being John Gosselin and the second one being Kate Kreider. So John is born and raised in Wisconsin. He's the middle of three children from a Korean-American family, and he graduates high school in 1995. In 1997, he's working at this hotel. They have a company picnic, and he goes to it. Um, At this picnic, one of his friends comes and brings their friend, who is a nurse, Kate Kreider. And so Kate and John meet each other and immediately they like they know that there's something there. They just are attracted to each other. And I remember seeing on the show clips of them like from their honeymoon and stuff like just talking. It was so gross. Like they were so all over each other. All over. Yeah, like like, affectionate. Like yes. Like wild to see Kate kind of being like John you're just the most amazing man in the world and you're like wow what possessed her um not because he was so terrible in these videos or anything but because she never speaks to him like that so the couple click and apparently John was like kind of seeing someone before this the next day he calls that person and is like not doing this anymore and he decides to pursue a relationship with Kate fair so at this point Kate's 22 and John is 20 and I feel like the older I get, the younger that sounds, right? Oh, it sounds the babies. dreadfully young. Yeah, like 
At this point, they could be my kid. (laughs) Now that was rough. Um, I think physically, yes, they could be my kid, but um, my kids just aren't quite there yet. But yeah, that was that was very rough for me to hear for you. Yeah, it wasn't fun to say out loud, but here we are. (laughs) Acceptance is the first step. Well, it's the last, but you're there, so that's good. Great. So John and Kate, Kate's 22, John is 20, they are mere babies, and two years later, they get married in this small wedding at a friend's house in Pennsylvania, where I guess they must have met in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm unsure when Kate was actually diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Oh, okay. Um, it's a condition that can make it difficult, if not impossible, to uh, conceive naturally. So the couple choose to seek out IVF treatments right away, basically, when they get married, and Kate becomes pregnant with twin girls in 1999. And so Maddie and Kara are born in 2000, which also makes them 22 now. They could also be your kids. (laughs) They may as well be. I feel like I have a million. It's only three, but it's like, why not? Come on in. I I know. My my grandma used to say that after after three, it didn't matter. You could have three, but it didn't matter. You're already outnumbered. I also just realized how ludicrous that sounds in light of the fact that we're doing a story about someone with eight. eight oh, yeah. <laughs> I went right along with it. Totally the same. <laughs> so Kate and John are happy. So Kate wants to have just one more kid. John is like, I think we're good here. Our hands are kind of full. But you've seen the show. Kate's going to get her way in this. And so the couple decide to go through IVF one more time. But this time they become pregnant with sex tuplets. And Kate later says, you know, I knew there was a chance for multiples. We already had multiples. But of course you're thinking, we've already had multiples. We're not going to have them again. But she had no idea there could be seven. So apparently they placed seven embryos and one uh, didn't develop. But she said, had she known there could be six, she would have never done the placement. So I'm a little confused on how she wouldn't have known that they were doing that many I don't necessarily know that I buy that from her, but I mean, maybe. Wait, so you're saying she wouldn't have chosen seven? She wouldn't have put seven in? Yeah, she so said she, she did, wouldn't she, have done that. That's so she thing. didn't know the number that they were? Right. You would yeah. think, I'm sure that it is, I don't know enough about IVF to be honest, I but either. I know it's an expensive uh, thing. I know there's only so many embryos. I know those kind of things. So maybe she felt like she only had one chance. I don't know. But that's what she said in an interview. She just had no idea. And for them, the option was never there for them to terminate any of the pregnancies. So when they found out it was six, they were having six. It was six, six, right. Mm -hmm. So Kate's admitted to the hospital at 20 weeks pregnant and is on bed rest starting at 22 weeks. Can you even imagine? I think the babies ended up being born at 30 weeks. So the sex tablets are born on May 22nd, 2004. Three wow. boys, three girls. And here's my note that says, Rebecca, do you know their names? So sorry. <laughs> we, we, you, it's all right. You beat me to the punch. It's cool. I knew there was Colin because that's my brother's name. Oh, yeah. Aiden is so freaking cute. The little one with little glasses. The glasses. Was, I can totally picture him. He was always him. my favorite. Yeah. So the sex tablets are born at Penn State Hershey Medical Center, and they're dubbed the Hershey Kisses because they're born in oh, Hershey Medical precious. Center. Super cute, except now I think Hershey kisses and poops, so it it doesn't seem as cute anymore. Like every joke is like, you know, like a baby shower you go to. It's true. I hate those games. Yeah. They should be outlawed. 
During this time of the hospitalization, both Kate and John are not working. I read that they both lost their jobs during this time while she was pregnant. I don't, I only saw that in one thing. So I don't know if that's true. I don't know if one quit. I mean, I would think that you might have to quit to stay home with the other two babies while your wife's in the hospital. I can see how working a nine to five is not going to be super ideal during this time. Right. So they literally said that during this time, they survive on the generosity of family and friends and strangers because thanks to the story, they get into all kinds of press in Pennsylvania. Like this is a huge deal. And so thanks to these this press and the different stories that are out there in the news, things really start to change for the family. There's this Discovery Health producer who sees a news report on the family and they reach out to them about making a documentary and that's exactly what they did. The first special was called Surviving Sex Tuplets and Twins. Not so original, but like, you get it. Right? True, right. Yeah. Factual. <laughs> Hopefully. Right? And that aired in May of 2006. And one year later, there was a second special that would air. So the first one was called Surviving Sex Tuplets and Twins. What would the next special be called, do you think, Rebecca? Um. Sex tablets and twins. Yes, there you go. And just add anything on the end of it. The time frame so, oh, it was a year. Um again, now, one year later. One year later. <laughs> yep, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> Apparently, NBC also did some sort of show with them called Home Delivery, quote unquote home delivery, where they like help them expand their house to make it roomier for the now 10 people that are living with it. But that has been scrubbed from the internet. I cannot find that. Anywhere. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But also the name is Home Delivery, so it was just kind of... Confusing. Mm-hmm. So back to Surviving Sex Tuplets and Twins. This special is a huge hit. Do you know if you ever saw this special? I don't think so. Okay. Um, it's basically the gateway to John and Kate Plissy, and it shows quite a bit about their lives. So at the time, John is working... They're showing him working 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. Kate is working at a dialysis clinic every Saturday and then every other Saturday she was picking up double shifts. So they're working, they're working constantly. But to keep things organized, Kate had help around the house, but like her help had to be done how she wanted it. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca, I have a little clip for you to kind of show Kate in what I would call her natural element. Mm-hmm. It is always and forever more things to do than is crossed off. It would be impossible for the Gosselin's home to be free of chaos, but it is kept to a minimum, thanks to Kate's extreme organization. According to my husband, I go a little overboard in the organizational department a lot of times, but I feel like um, it's the only way I can survive, knowing a strict schedule, what comes next. I never have to guess. There's no guesswork. I mean, I kind of get it. I strive to be that organized, and I think with, like, eight variables that are kids eliminating as many as possible makes sense like I don't I don't totally but I also am like a little type a and I'm not actually type a enough to probably do it right I don't know if I were in that scenario I'm not sure right totally and I feel like you have to have some sort of extreme organization in this kind of life with that much going on for things to function as they should but how much of it is like your partner considered in this and like how much right. input did they actually give and how much of it is just being dictated to which can be exhausting as totally. someone who dictates to my partner my husband <laughs> right. looks tired all the time 
<laughs> Both parties are drained in that scenario. <laughs> I will say you either have to be that, you have to be the flow chart of naps when you have that many kids, or you have to be so laid back, free spirited mm-hmm. that it's just like this, you know, live and let live kind of parenting. I have friends like that too with multiples and many, many yeah. kids. It's one or the other. Yeah, there would not be any sort of happy medium. Happy medium so. would just be like fire in the house. Like everything right. is just done. There's just no middle ground for this, right? Yeah. So in this documentary, it shows John as being the low-key parent and Kate is viewed as being pretty uptight and rigid. I think those are two words people would use quite a bit with her. At the time, though, it really does seem to work. Not for very long, but... Discovery Health sees what a gold mine they have on their hand and how much people are enjoying this documentary, and so they begin production on John and Kate Plus 8. So Discovery Health signs them up for this reality show, which begins in April of 2007. And so they talked about this being really chaotic for the family, but really great because they were filming, they would have crews in their house three or four days a week, which is a lot, but it allowed both of them to be able to stay home with the kids. Wow. So they are no longer working outside the house. This is literally their job now, and they needed something like this. So the show runs on Discovery Health for two seasons before it moves to TLC, where it becomes a massive, massive hit. John and Kate plus eight is everywhere. Mm -hmm. They're on Oprah. Kate ends up getting this mommy makeover by Dr. Glassman. That name's going to come up again. And while the family just appeared to be this all-American, albeit tightly run ship with these six kids, Behind the scenes, after a few seasons, things are really starting to fall apart. So to Kate's credit, she always tried to be herself, or at least she said she was always being herself. But being herself is pretty abrupt and sometimes rude, where John appeared to kind of be along for the ride. Now, looking at this through 2020 eyes, I get her a little bit more. Right? And I I do get him a little bit more, too. Like, I get where it's like, wait, was she just having to do everything and this guy's just, like, literally doing the bare minimum and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, he has eight kids. He went to the grocery store. Probably. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of that, right? And how much, you know, I don't know. I think they're both very difficult and become more difficult as this goes on. But I think I think everyone wasn't getting – Maybe they were getting a fair edit, but maybe the way we looked at it was a little bit different than we It has to be. It has to be. It's crazy that it's only 15 years ago. This is not decades and decades ago, but the lens has changed. Our perceptions have changed. Our expectations have changed. So I, I totally buy that. Absolutely, yeah. But the family at this point starts making bank, really. This ends up being one of the biggest shows for TLC. I read that one of the episodes, like the premiere of maybe the fourth season was like the biggest show on TLC, but like the biggest show on all channels that night or whatever. And everyone knew about John and Kate plus eight, whether or not they watched. It was just part of pop culture at that point, right? But during the fourth season, viewers like Rebecca could see that something was off. They were starting to sit on separate sides of the couch. They started just, I mean, they looked miserable in their confessionals going into the fifth season. So Right before the fifth season premieres, things blow up in the tabloids. So Us Weekly reports that John was having a three-month-long affair with this school teacher. And so there's even these photos that accompany this article about this woman named Deanna. She is seen sunbathing at the family's house when Kate is out of town. 
And so, yeah, and I looked and those That's pictures reckless. do exist. It was so reckless. But, I mean, if you think about it, like, he's just this guy allegedly having this affair with this woman. Who thinks paparazzi is sitting outside their home taking pictures of her at their house? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, all of this is very stupid and reckless. But a normal guy cheating yeah. on his wife and having this person over would not – you wouldn't think twice, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not cheating on anybody. I, I and me, me either. But I don't <laughs> think I would but, start that. Yeah, on the record, I don't know. I always think like in the house is just a big risk. I, oh, like, absolutely. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> there should be boundaries in affairs. <laughs> in affairs, we need rules. Rules yes, of engagement. Exactly. <laughs> John goes on to say he was never having an affair. Uh, this was just a friendship. He said at this point his marriage with Kate was already over. He felt like it was a transactional marriage and not one that he felt loved in. And so on the final episode of John and Kate Blissey, or one of the final, I should say, the couple end up announcing that they're divorcing, which is no surprise. As you mentioned, they're – I mean, truly, you've never seen people hate each other more than these two on this couch. Um, they look like they absolutely despise one another, which apparently they did. Mm-hmm. But John's foray into the world of tabloids didn't end with allegations of an affair. No, it was about to get much, much messier. And we'll get into that after one quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. So before the break, we're discussing the popularity of the hit TLC show, John and Kate Plus 8, and the clear breakdown in their marriage. So although John and Kate were choosing to divorce, TLC still has a cash cow in their hand. So they decide to eventually they'll change the name of the show to Kate Plus 8. And really, they just kicked John right out. So he was still going to be in some episodes, but they decided to make the... Um, the show around Kate being a single mom with the eight kids. Yeah. But at this point, John is getting a taste for the good life. He's staying at Trump Towers in New York. He's dressing in the finest clothes. <laughs> Ed Hardy included. Yep. <laughs> so after this breakup with Kate, John begins seeing this new girl. She is 22 years old. Her name is Haley Glassman. And John ends up, after his split with Kate, he moves in with Haley's parents and Haley meets him when she comes home from college. And if you're like, hmm, that's weird. Why would John be moving into the home of the parents of Haley? But he doesn't know Haley? Is this like a family friend? What's going on? Yeah, all of that. Rebecca, I got you, fam. Isn't it beautiful? It I'm very happy. Yep, never thought I'd see myself again. Very exciting. Thank you, Dr. Glassman. 
Thank you, Dr. Glassman. Her surgeon's daughter? So, Rebecca, John began dating his soon-to-be ex-wife's plastic surgeon's daughter. That is messy. Isn't it <laughs> so messy? Oh my gosh. I had forgotten that that was that I relationship. I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How so did the get doctor sign off on that? I don't know. So I guess I think, if I remember correctly, Dr. Glassman heard about Kate. You know, she's had these eight kids. He offers to do this surgery for her. I guess John meets her, meets them, you know, has nowhere to go. They say you can stay with us. Oh, also our daughter is coming to visit. No big deal. She's 22 and you're getting out of a major relationship. Whoops, and loves we're dating hats. now. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a problem. Oh, I, I shouldn't have suggested that the dad or the mom need to sign off. She's 22. She's an adult. She can date who she wants. But I could think. If my daughter be- said she was dating John Gosselin, I'm going to have words. <laughs> yes, yes. I think there'd be some guidance away from the man sleeping in the basement. Like, because yeah. of his life circumstances. Like, maybe it's not an ideal uh, match. No. Oh, boy. Okay. No, it's not. Yes. Yeah. So... This relationship, though, is all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. she is 22. Yeah. And so they're, like, tabloid fodder. And she's like, don't, you know, he's just a great guy. We just love hanging out. We're so much alike. You know, very young, blah, blah, blah. dumb yeah. love. Yeah. And he's, like, all about it, too. He's got this hot young thing. And I ended up seeing this interview where I think it was, like, uh, Entertainment Tonight or something, where She's being interviewed. So Haley's being interviewed. And John is literally sitting on the floor in the room. He's not being interviewed. But the person's asking questions. Mary Hart. She's asking questions um, to Haley about John. And she says something along the lines of, they're so in love, he wouldn't leave her side. And I was like, lady. We don't call that in 2022. Yeah, talk about a sign of the times, right? Oh, my gosh. And he's just like creepily sitting in the corner and they're like, they're so much in love. They can't be apart. I'm like, he's just watching to see what she says. And how do we not see this? And to give her death stares. Yeah. These are called red flags, my friend, Mary. Mary, Mary, Mary. (sighs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, it was it was a lot. Yeah. So the couple are seen gallivanting all over the place and they're matching at Harvey. They're on yachts. (laughs) I don't know how. Living it up. And this might be a good time to mention that Ed Hardy was not a fan of any of this. In fact, he claimed that a big reason that this, his brand even failed was because of its direct link to John Gosling. That makes me love Ed Hardy. Like, forget the clothes, like the man. I'm like obsessed now. Right? Like, to understand what that has done to you and your brand. And I feel like the designer's name was Christian. I can't remember his last name. It starts with an A, and I apologize, I don't have that written down. But he was going to make a kid's clothing line with John, which I also forgot about. And Haley was helping him with that. Like, what a weird time in the... (laughs) The world this was. The zeitgeist, yeah. We were just okay with it, I guess. Way too many opportunities up for grabs for people. (laughs) Yeah, just terribleness. So anyway, the couple break up. Surprising. Haley and John Mm. didn't last forever. Because of what John ends up saying in his divorce deposition, he ends up admitting to cheating on Haley with Kate Major, who is a reporter for Star Magazine. Oh, now Rebecca, John, 
Does Kate Major sound familiar to you? Does that name? It's a great name, but no. No? Let me help you out. So new Kate and John obviously were not going to last forever. Okay. And she goes on to find love and arrest with another celebrity or a celebrity-adjacent star with whom she has a baby. Do you have any guesses who she has a baby with? Kate Major. Rebecca, did you say Michael Lohan? Because that would be crazy, and you'd be right. Are you kidding me? She has a baby. She has the half-sibling of Lindsay Lohan. She carried it in her womb. This is, I thought we were in the peak aughts before. Mm -mm. Now here we are. Michael Lohan, his beeper on his side, just getting pages from Kate Major. No stranger to Ed Hardy either, that guy, Michael Lohan. Oh, this is wild. No, I didn't know that. Isn't that just, and I love that she breaks up with him because she finds out he's having an affair and that lady ends up having a baby. It's just so good. I mean, Mm. it's bad. Their relationship was terrible. And that's a whole other mess that I've decided not to even go into. And I've had it on my list and it's too messy. Wow. wild. The magic of being on TV though. I mean, the fact that John is pulling in all these. These women. Multiple women. Just because he was on a TLC show about being a dad. Like it's. About being a dad. That is the worst part. It's pretty interesting. It's. I had so many kids, they gave me a TV show. (laughs) I'm ready to bang every one of you. That's basically what he did. And there was a line waiting. I mean, what's sadder? Which part? Honestly, we should all just be ashamed. I'm ashamed for them. (laughs) I have no relation to them. Back to John and Kate, the original John and Kate, not not John and Kate Mm -hmm. Major. So John continues dating, and he's living it up in New York. And we don't hear too much from him. But in September of 2009, we get the first, like, police kind of thing going on. So police are called to John and Kate's former home. So that's, like, the really nice Pennsylvania farm thing that they end up buying with all their boo-coodles of money. (laughs) And the way it originally worked in their custody is that when John, John was living in New York and he would come to Pennsylvania, stay in that old house, Kate would leave the house and he'd watch the kids there or he'd hang out with the kids there. That way it wasn't disrupting the kids. He he doesn't have a place for eight people in New York at the time. Um, I don't know if Dr. Glassman was cool with him bringing all eight kids. So that's kind of what they ended up doing. So Kate comes home early, I guess, one time, and John has hired a babysitter. I don't know that the babysitter was there and John wasn't. He might have just needed help. I'm not sure. Okay. But Kate finds out, and she flips out, and he is like, you can't come in to the property. So he must have been there. I'm I'm saying that wrong. And so John ends up telling the paparazzi, quote, I said, I'm spending time with my kids and she's just going to have to leave. And she tried to cry it up with the cops and it didn't work. And they basically said to her, you have to leave. So it was like, this is your custody agreement. He's allowed to be here. You can't control that he has a babysitter there, right? Obviously, I'm sure they ended up putting something in like she has to approve of the babysitters after that because she wasn't going to let that one Mm -hmm. go. And I get that too. So back to the, at this point, necessary divorce. John and Kate finalized their divorce in December of 2009. And John claims this whole time he never wanted a divorce, but Kate does. And Kate says, kind of wanted to have a divorce because you were kind of cheating on me and maybe that wasn't working out. Um, So the court ends up granting Kate that huge house that they were living in and uh, the family enjoyed on the final seasons of John and Kate Plus 8. 
And while they were going to be sharing physical custody of the kids, Kate is granted legal custody, full Mm, legal custody. Wow. During the same month of the divorce being finalized, John claims his New York City apartment is broken into and things are broken and stolen in it, Rebecca. That happens. According to his attorney, John was, quote, horrified to observe his furniture, clothing, and personal belongings slashed by a very troubled and sick perpetrator, end quote. There's apparently a note allegedly written by Haley left on the d- dresser with a butcher knife right through it. What? So, I kind of love that part. So we don't hear any more about this break-in. Haley's attorneys are like, it's staged. And honestly, probably, I don't know. Nothing else comes of it. But I just love the idea that like you, yeah. John, yeah. so badly, you are going to go to this level. Kate Major wouldn't even do that. And she had a baby with Michael Lohan. It's a very Lifetime movie scene. Right? Yeah. It's it's a level that we don't hear about a lot. And so I just thought I'd throw it in there. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, why is he living in New York? Does he have some reason? Like, is he pursuing entertainment opportunities or something? Oh, do you know about his entertainment opportunities? (laughs) Did I know what? we'll get into it. Did you know about the stuff he's trying to do? Okay, good, good. It's coming. Okay, good. It's coming. Things aren't over yet for the reality star. Not by a long shot. Mm. John ends up going on Larry King Live, R.I.P. King, and he claims he wants his kids off this show. He said, quote, had an epiphany. End quote. I love that that's it. I Mm. had an epiphany. Just one day I woke up and was like, you can say that about anything, Rebecca. I had an epiphany. Don't worry, darling. It's going to be more drama than we could have ever imagined. (laughs) And I love it. It's an epiphany. That's an epiphany. I kind of remember this Larry King interview. Mm -hmm. He said, quote, I just looked in the mirror and I said, I don't want to be this person anymore. I made mistakes. I know I messed up. I do regret a lot of things, but I have learned from those mistakes and moved forward. But in regards to the kids on the show, he said, quote, the reason I don't think it's healthy for them is that we're going through a divorce right now and I don't think it should be televised and I think my kids should be taken off the show. They're five, talking about the sex tablets, and eight, talking about the twins now. Mm-hmm. Let them experience a normal childhood. Agree. I actually completely agree yeah. with this. I can see how, especially with them going through the divorce, that this would be very, very hard for the kids. Strong words, but I agree. The issue is TLC claims that he only said this a few days after the official announcement that it would be moving on from John and Kate plus eight to just Kate plus eight. So uh, all of a sudden he's being taken off of it and that's when God um, gives you the epiphany. Right. That's a convenient epiphany. I mean, if you're going to have an epiphany, don't you want it to be convenient? Yeah. I want it to align with my PR goals too. <laughs> um, okay. I have thoughts. I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold. Keep going. Oh, okay. I'll keep. I'll keep going. So then they said, quote, TLC made the Kate plus eight announcement after an unsuccessful attempt to discuss the matter with Gosselin John. Mm-hmm. They state that in the lawsuit, which claims that John's attorney subsequently contacted TLC with the quote-unquote detrimental threat later on that same day. So basically, the same day he had the epiphany, he lost it, and God was like, John, I got some news for you, brother. Get your kids off that show. Quote, TLC explained that John would continue to appear on the program, continue to receive compensation, and would remain under contract, but the program's primary focus going forward would be Kate's role as a single mother. End quote. One thing this doesn't say is him being under contract meant that he couldn't go on like competing shows, so he couldn't do something for another show, 
although he was on some like motorcycle show, but I think it was all in the same like Discovery Health family kind okay. of thing. But he was trying to do stuff outside of that contract. So he feels like he's being kind of stifled because he's not actually part of the show, but he is and he's getting paid, but he can't pursue his life in career in uh-huh. entertainment, Rebecca. Right, right. And Why, that's, who are we to stop John Gosling? Yeah. And these are his only job opportunities, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> So basically, John claims Kate's doing this for the money, and Kate says John's really just trying to make her and the kids suffer. And quite honestly, I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Mm -hmm. Overall, though, things seem to calm down in John's life. He eventually is in two long-term relationships. Uh, Ages were pretty similar to his, uh, one of which was documented on couples therapy. I did not watch that. After the Scott Stapp thing, I just couldn't bring that into this show. I could not bring that negative energy into this episode. Stop. 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 (laughs) So one of the long-term relationships ended just this past year. I think it was like seven years or something he was with. Who has the time? I'm sorry. Like when I I just like, I mean, in a weird way, like hats off brother, but like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like eight kids co-parenting sounds like so much work and a lot of time. Uh I, I don't know. I guess Everybody's to different. me, it felt like it was a stable time in his life. Like, yeah. he just had somebody that supported him and right. got him. But I understand what you're saying. Like, give just, me freedom or give yeah. me nothing. I, I need, would just I need, need to, like, space. zone out in the off hours, personally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that we didn't have this epiphany and John did. <laughs> yes. So John's mostly been out of the spotlight since then. He's worked various jobs, including installing solar panels. He was a line cook at TGI Fridays. And as of May of 2020, he works as an IT director for a nonprofit, which sounds great. That seems like I feel like he's on the right track at this point. Like, it just makes more sense now, right? Yeah. He's also done some DJing. At one point, he was DJing 12 to 15 shows a month, Rebecca. Where? Why? For who? (laughs) Some things we don't need to know the answers to. So back in November of 2021, he's on the Dr. Oz show, and he speaks about this hip-hop album he wants to release. He has released one song with DJ Casper. It's called Voicemail. Would you like to hear a little bit? Yeah. So, um, yeah. You get this message. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess call me back. John Cost. Call me back, all right? You're always on my mind. I don't know what's worse, that it happened or that it's not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> Rebecca, the beat, not bad at all. I I'm, was into the I'm beat. I'm not mad at it. I am not mad at it. I know. It, this is, it's like a crisis of conscience. I don't know how it to feel about 100% it. 100% is my expectations were below the floor. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a bop. <laughs> I know. I could walk around the neighborhood listening <sighs> to that. Come on. But I it should never have happened. It should never, never. have happened in the first place. It should never have happened. Not within the last year, Rebecca. This was an mm-hmm. early no. 2000s decision. This is this makes no sense. Um, one of the lyrics on the in the song is something like, you need to pick up the FaceTime. Don't let me go to voicemail. Something, something, stop hitting end. And I was like, what is this song about? <laughs> I keep sending you a voicemail. I'm like, is this just a stalker just saying everything that he's doing? It's it's a little weird. It's a little weird. But I love it. Okay. Yeah. But as for John and Kate as co-parents, this gets kind of dark. It, things really haven't improved. It's always kind of been a mess with these two. John's been noted as saying he never knows 
knew who he was going to get when he would go pick up the kids for a visitation, right? He would drive there. Whoever came down the driveway is who went home with him that day. Because the kids at some age just decided they didn't want to go with him and he oh, didn't man. push it. That's yeah, brutal for everybody. It really is. Yeah. And John and Kate have called the police on one another at least once or twice, once at an orthodontist office where there's this argument over custody again, who was bringing home one of the children. At this time, Kate ends up calling the police and said John had to return uh, Hannah to her. So Hannah did not want to go home with Kate and she wanted to go home with John. So John takes her home, I guess. And then that, you know, is a phone call to the police and all of that. And around 2016, people began to notice that Kate was posting these pictures of five of the six sextuplets. So you'd see five of them. You always knew there were six and one is missing. And the Mm. one that was missing was Colin. He was never in these photos. Mm. So she finally tells people, people are asking, where's Colin? Where's Colin? Where's Colin? And she finally says Colin's living in a facility for kids with special needs. And so John finds out. And says, I had, yeah, finds out and says, I had no idea that's where he was. I I wasn't told. I wasn't consulted. I had no idea. And he said he had no way of even getting a hold of him because he doesn't even know where he is. What? I mean, messy. So Colin finally sends him this letter. It was so sad. I read it. And it's just him begging him and saying, you're my dad. You're my hero. Please get me out of here. I don't want to be here. Um, And so he's says, you know, I'm old enough now. Let me decide who I want to live. I don't want to live with her. She sent me here. I don't want to be here. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, very dark. And so John ends up getting a court date where Kate fails to appear, and they end up giving custody of Colin to him. And John says he should have never been in this facility. He has ADHD, but there was no reason for him to be sent away John says basically Kate couldn't deal with him, so she sent him away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is there anything on the record of like what Kate says the special needs were? No, she just said special needs. I I don't, I didn't see anything else where she went any further. And basically, once he gets custody of Colin, that's Kate. She's kind of done with the whole thing. She's not really messing with it, which keep in mind, these are their freaking children. She She doesn't fight to have Colin back. No, she, she just, just doesn't lets... even go to the court date. So yeah, she doesn't even show like, up. That's crazy. Oh my, this is so sad. It's It really is sad. And so at this point, though, Hannah, one of the other sex tablets, is actually living with John. She had already, you know, after that whole custody thing at the orthodontist office, was able to tell somebody, I don't want to live with Kate anymore. I don't want to live with my mom. Mm. And John ended up being giving getting custody, which imagine how hard that is for these kids who have always been together having to be separated from each other yeah, because they don't want to be with one of the parents. Yeah, Yeah, it's a terrible position to be in. I think it's right that they get the agency and the ability to make it, but it's got to be so tough. I can't imagine. So Colin's now living with John. Hannah's now living with John. John's saying Colin's doing great. You know, he's doing well in school, all of this. Colin eventually calls police and says that John beats him up after an argument. For every everything, police investigate, don't find anything. What John said happened was Colin would have these outbursts where mm. he would hurt himself or somebody else. So he would have to hold him and restrain him. Yeah. And if you've ever had a family member or somebody in those kind of situations, you understand. And, yeah. and I'm not saying, I, I don't know, but the investigation was nothing happened. Got it. 
But that's what Colin said. He eventually takes it back. And John basically oh. says he was mad. He was upset. He hasn't learned how to deal with things. And this is just kind of a product of that. So it didn't seem like John had any like ill will towards him. or anything. I mean, he's yeah. still living with him. And it was just kind of like, buddy, we can't do mm-hmm. that. And maybe that explains a bit about Kate's struggle with yeah, absolutely. parenting him because that is hard and it's absolutely that's like a that's something you would need assistance with yes. for sure yeah i don't know what you do beyond that but um that's what she chose to do i guess wow and also hannah said she was there and that colin's story did not line up with what actually happened but okay. you know i don't know but now it seems like colin's doing really well he is enrolled in the army reserves he's going to be getting ready to get into that Um, But he says that both Colin and Hannah are doing really well, but they're alienated from their other siblings. He said, I know, like the kids don't really talk to each other. And John says, this is all John. He says, you know, I wish they would talk to me, but I don't care if they won't talk to me. I want them to talk to each other, the siblings to have a relationship with each other. And he hopes that one day they will, which is so sad that like we're not even at the point of him saying, I would love to have a relationship with my other kids, which he would. But he just wants the most basic, that, like, right. sex tuplet, Sibling bond, sex yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So back to John and Kate. While John has more or less been out of the public eye for about a decade, Kate has actually withdrawn a little as well. In fact, she actually moved herself and the other four sex tuplets, Maddie and Kara, are now in college. Colin and uh, Hannah live with John. They moved to North Carolina, where she's now working as a nurse. Isn't really? that wild? No, yeah, I had no idea. This is very recent. And people close to her say this is a huge change, but it's something she had to do. She wasn't making money anymore. Yeah. She said the sex tablets were in their last year of school, so she felt comfortable selling that large Pennsylvania home and moving to a smaller one in North Carolina. And if you thought this was the end of the story, well, almost. Just this past week, there were there was more in the news on these two. It's actually really? what triggered this story for me. Yeah. Not only are the sex tablets now 18. Oh, my gosh. Again, we could both be parents of them at this point. Yeah, I, they would be right in between my youngest mm-hmm. and middle. Yikes. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Lord, help me. <laughs> but that means they actually have access to the trust funds that were put in place for them during their time on the show. Oh. Get ready for this. So according to The Sun, Kate has taken out $50,000 from the trust of both Hannah and Colin. I didn't see where she had taken it out of the trust for any any of the other kids, but the only ones that John can see, he's supposed to be able to see all of them, but the only ones he can see are Colin and Hannah. So the way this trust works is that any loan that's made from it can only be done with permission and paperwork saying how you're going to pay it back, right? Mm-hmm. So according to John, he's looking at the kids' trust, realizes $50,000 is missing from each of the kids' accounts. In court, Kate says this money that she took out was used to, quote, meet her and the children's expenses, end quote. She claims in 2018, she made $40,000 for each episode of Kate Plus 8, which I refuse to speak about because that show should have never been made, but she didn't work at all in 2019 and she hasn't worked since then. So we're talking four years, basically. She hasn't really had an income like she did before. Yeah. She also added, quote, I will have to keep borrowing from it to survive, end Mm. quote. Yeah. It's going to get worse. I'll I'll get there. 
And for her to survive, apparently she needs a $750,000 home, lakefront with a pool. And here's where she really loses me. She also says in court, quote, I mean, I paid $387,000 for their private school tuition out of our income, not the trust over the years. So I mean, I'm not looking to collect that, but I borrowed $100,000 from the kids' trust and it owes me $387,000 technically. Wow. Am I crazy for thinking like that's just... No, she's commodified her kids. I mean... Like you could argue just putting them on the show was doing that, but it, but I can make the argument that that was okay for, you know, I'm not saying it was, but you could say, right. but that was for family income and for them to be home with them. And right. this is literally like using your kids money that was set aside for them as your own personal bank for a lifestyle that is subjectively, you know, not necessary. No, objectively not necessary. <laughs> all the actively's. Um, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. It's just wild because nobody forced her to put them in private school no. and yet she's like, mm, they technically owe me $387,000. So they got off easy. not the kid's responsibility to pay for their own education. Would you ever think that? Like it is a wild thing to me, but I, I, if I'm being honest, I feel like she is the personality that would say, okay, this month we had doctor's bills. Who's, who broke their arm this month when I right. asked you not to skateboard? We're deducting. Like, I could yeah. be totally wrong, and I'm just yeah. joking. But I could see that kind of thing happening, really. Did she confirm that it was only um, Colin and Hannah's money? I didn't she's see anything kids, else in that article. So did she yeah. do this across the board? And do we know how much is in their trusts in total? Like, Don't how much know did how much they, is in there. I would love mm-hmm. to know that. But also, I think he only brought forth those two because that's the only two he, he could access. had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's supposed to get quarterly reports, but he said he's never gotten them. But wow. he, John did end up having Colin and Hannah take financial literacy classes to help them once they turned 18. Smart. And are able to get this money, right? And so the sex tablets are all 18, as I said before. And John said, at this point, Colin and Hannah can go and take Kate to civil court if they want to. I don't know if they're going to or not, but they could. That was their money that she she took from them. I don't know. It's just that sentence, and it owes me $387,000 technically. It's disgusting. Is, it's the worst. Like, I, a, an attorney couldn't make me say that about my kids. Mm-mm. And there was something else. Like, Hannah called to talk to them. This is all according to John. But Hannah called to talk to them when she turned 16, I think. Um, and he said Kate quickly tried to get off the phone with her and like the other kids, like it's a very strained relationship based on who you wanted to live with. I will say Hannah and Colin seem to be doing pretty good. I don't know, like not to hate on Kate, but, um, they seem to be doing better overall than it seems like the other ones. Yeah. I feel like, um, we haven't seen the last of them And that this industry is so brutal and so desperate to peddle stories that we could end up seeing like sex tuplets in a year or two on a show. Like a reunion show. A reunion. Maybe they will pursue, you know, a civil lawsuit. And like, this is all they're going to know. And they're either going to want to like get completely away from it. And it could be different for each one. Or they're going to kind of find their way through it inside of it because it comes with some financial benefit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just... It's so tough. It's so tough. 
And if you look at it now, like, okay, they had a great few years where they made a lot of money and they had this yeah. nice house and all the, this lifestyle. But what they're left with now is just, Ugh. like, broken relationships. Right. Kate's back to being a nurse, which there's no shame in being a nurse whatsoever. No. It's an incredible job. But, like, that's not the money she was making before. And I don't know. It's all just, oh, it's so gross when it comes down to the kids, which should have been the only thing that mattered. Right. And I mean, I hate to say it, but we see it every time. These things never end well. I mean, never. I this you can, And I do think their intentions were probably pretty pure, like going into the show and being like, wow, this totally. is actually paying our bills and we don't have to go kill ourselves at these jobs and be so drained when we get home. Like we can parent and do it together right. and we could get paid for it. And But then Kate's lifestyle expectations change and that makes her make choices she probably wouldn't have or maybe I don't know who she is at her core but like down the road things you could never predict all because you get into this like quasi fame I mean it's it is fame but it's like this weird extension of it this reality bubble it's so bizarre it's sad it is it was really sad I mean I ended up having different feelings about both of them obviously I read mostly from John's point of view since that's yeah. what I was really researching but it does seem like he went through like a time where he was not being a great guy and like left Kate and cheated on everyone and their mother all of that stuff but I I feel like his intentions became more pure and like he was back in the kids lives and all that stuff or tried to but I feel like they both hate each other so much that I remember hearing something that was like you should love your kids more than you hate your ex-spouse like for a divorce you love and it does not it feels like i I can't say how much they love their kids but it feels like what you see in the media is that they just truly hate each other so much that there's casualties and that's just so good they just hate each other it's sad it's really sad and probably not what they you know expected when they signed up yeah, I don't know sure. who's worse. Like, honestly, neither seems super great. But I agree with what you were saying at the beginning that I do think we have a different um, perspective on Kate now. Right. I, I think, you know, that that's a, that's a lot. I mean, they were young. I, I don't know. He seemed like a dud for a lot of it. Like, just yeah. like she that's was. That's the thing. I don't think we'll ever know. I think they yeah. both have incredibly uh, – I, I don't know. I think they just both – I truly think they just hate each other so much now that, like, there's – I don't know how you even get through that. But, like, yeah. just sucks for the kids. And, you know, really thinking does. Of, like, getting weddings and all this kind of stuff, eight of them, that's yeah. just a lot of life that everyone's going to miss out on because of these strained relationships. Yeah, and their immaturity. I hope the sextuplets um, reconnect and that all six of them. That's like really like, and with the older two siblings, like I hope the kids come out and kind of work through it together and then maybe there can be like a bigger familial reconciliation. Um, You know, it's also changed is 15 years ago. We definitely would have made fun of Kate's hair, but we won't today. We didn't, didn't do it once. Mean, I didn't even mention it. I know. I thought that was so progressive of us. Wow. So, so thoughtful. But whoo, it's as bad yeah, as there was an Hardy shirt. To go after. Yeah, yeah. It was, there was there was a lot. So Rebecca, that wow. is the story for this week. So much more about them than I than I knew. But they're such a fascinating family and entity. That was such a good call. Good, good oh, call. Good. Yeah. Everyone, forget about Scott. I've oh, now stop. done Jane this was my redemption. This I'm not going to get in the way of your redemption, but it, it's you're the hardest on that episode than anyone else. Okay, Rebecca, I need to ask you a question. Wait, 
I need to yeah, tell you something before you ask yeah, me this question. Do. I have to do a correction corner, which I should have done at oh, the top. Oh, you do. This is you a do. big one. Mm-hmm. When you said uh, rest in peace, Larry King, I was reminded that I announced someone's death who was very much alive. And that is a big fear of a podcaster. <laughs> I know. Um, so my apologies. Pele is alive and well, and I'm I'm thrilled to hear it. I did read like a total fake news source that said he died, and he's yeah. up there in age. And the last three years, so many people have died. I mean, it doesn't matter. I was wrong, and a really <laughs> gracious listener who was so nice, about so it. sweet about it. So the kind listener is Brazilian, so she very much could verify and knows about Pele. So I'm so sorry that I said he was dead and he wasn't. I think everyone will forgive you. We'll forgive you for that. They'll forgive me for Scott's death. And we'll all just move on. Let's just move on with our lives. It's a new day, a new episode. Yes. Rebecca, would you like to share what you are watching? I really would. Oh, good. Because I'm hoping you'll like it as much as I am. I'm, as usual, just uh, like four episodes into a new watch. And um, here's your three clues. Peacock, Anniversary, Tulum or Mexico, if you want me to make it more easy. Oh, wait. Is this the one, the resort? Gosh, yes. You it's pay attention. It's the only Hulu show I know. No, I mean, it's not, not Hulu. Show. Did I say Peacock? Okay, I did you say said Peacock. Peacock. Really? Like, I don't go on to Peacock without, like, a very specific pers- purpose. So right. I don't see all the – where has this show been hiding? It's great. You know what? One of our listeners told us that we should watch it, and that's really? where it's in my head. I haven't started it yet. Yeah. Wow. Um, I really um, don't remember things. Let me just read you the blurb. Starring William Jackson, Harper, and Kristen Milioti as a married couple on vacation at a holiday resort for their 10th anniversary where they are drawn into a mystery that took place 15 years before. So couple goes on their anniversary. It's their 10-year. I would say they're like kind of lost their spark and they're like great friends, but sure. like you don't see this. They, they were not John and Kate on their newlywed honeymoon vacation Ooh. documentary. Not Fine. even close. Um, relatable. They show like just these really great, like for anyone who's been married more than 10 years or with the same person for more than 10 years, like I really like the just subtle mundane aspects of marriage that they show. And right. then I think the wife is feeling it a little more than the husband and the husband's looking at this trip as like a romantic reconnection possibility and the wife is just kind of (laughs) not like so she gets injured on an excursion and finds a flip phone and puts it in her pocket for some reason she could tell it's like really old obviously it's not I don't know who uses a flip phone but it's not a new flip phone it's it's from a long time ago and she goes to (laughs) yeah exactly and it's Tom's it's from when he flipped over (laughs) three times um and landed in Mexico And Mm -hmm. she brings it to a store, takes the SIM card out, finds like a comparable phone and puts the SIM card in and she opens it up and starts, unbeknownst to her husband, going through these old text messages and photos and basically figures out that a mystery happened at this resort 15 years prior. But eventually the husband finds out and then they, it, it kind of ends up being, it draws them both in. So now they're on this kind of like investigation together. So they're reconnecting through okay. this unexpected way. Um, and it's very like, I'm just thinking about it as like white Lotus meets dead to me is kind of the feeling. Okay. In that I, I like super it. duper like it. Yeah. Um, it's the girl from, uh, made, made for love. She's like really pretty, has uh pretty large eyes. 
Um, very pretty, very large eyes. Um, mm-hmm. If you say she was in, yes, and yes, which is the show okay. you recommended that I tried a couple times and I it's okay. Quite get the into. second season, I didn't even. I've given up. It is her, um, and she's quite watchable. And I really didn't know who her who played her husband, William Jackson Harper. He is known for, oh, he's on The Good Place. He was very familiar, but I don't watch The Good Place. So everybody who loves that show will love this guy. And I'm really loving him on this. So the couple's like super oh, duper nice. um, watchable and cute. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love that idea though. That's a great um, concept for a show. It's a great premise. And it's, um, it's oh, and so the show is like told at different points of view in different time periods. So they're unfolding the story through actually going to those characters in 2007. So it's really fun. I like it a lot. Oh, that's cool. Um, How about you? I like that. I want to watch it. That's like my final push to watch it. Um, Mine is really terrible. I like went through it and I told you about one of them I watched and it wasn't even great. I've been reading a lot this week and watching a lot of TikTok. That's about it. But I did watch one thing. You won't watch it, and that's fine. You don't need to watch it. Okay. In a nice way. Fiance. Okay. Okay. United Kingdom. Okay. 90 days. Oh. (laughs) So, like, my 90-day fiance England edition? Yeah. Okay. UK edition? So, I mean, there's – what is there to say? There's all the normal couples that – should not probably be together. There's like one very, very sweet couple with the girl from England and the fiance from Mexico. And they're so cute and just absolutely fully in love. And they're trying to decide if they want to live in the UK or live in Mexico. Then there's like a garbage trash man who like not as an occupation, as a human. And he is (laughs) horrible. It's like long live the trash man. I love it. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Um, he is trying to marry this woman from the Philippines. He says that none of the UK women are good enough mm. and she's the only woman that he would marry and she wants to just take care of him. These are all his words. What a gem. He is the worst and I want to punch him every time I see him come on camera. Um, so there's nothing really exciting except if you like 90 Day Fiance, if you like old 90 Day Fiance, it's great because there's none of these couples that are repeats that you see a lot. Right. All brand new people and it is funny how the UK kind of – how the editing is different and stuff and how it's filmed differently. The US, you'll watch one episode and it'll be like, will they make their flight? And then it like goes to commercial. <laughs> oh my gosh, are they going to make their flight? And then they come. And now it's like, are they going to make their flight? Mm, they're here. There's just no <laughs> – It's it like not so interesting. Yeah. It is really interesting. I love how, those like, differences. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. It's pretty neat. But sometimes it jumps around a lot where I'm like, I don't – I feel like we should have been spending so much more time with this person's family, huh. but it wasn't necessary. So it, it's it, – I mean, that isn't really that important. But just I'm thinking in the way the American version is and how we would, like, beat a dead horse with, you know, talking to one person. Yeah. And they're just, like, have coffee and they're out of there. Oh, there's one girl – Who's very nice. The guy she's with is from uh, Asia. I can't remember exactly where he's from, but he's just lying to her constantly. He was married when they met. She was like, I don't, oh. I don't think this is good. And he's like, Well, no, it, I was divorced. She's like, No, no, you were separated. He's like, In Japan, it's divorced. 
She's like, really? I was just gaslighting her with like untrue laws of his country. Unbelievable. 100%. He'll oh be gosh. like, you see this? This says divorce. She's like, I don't read Japanese. I don't know that. But she's so sweet and she smiled like one of those people that smiles in uncomfortable yeah. situations. So she's like, I feel like you're lying to me a lot. <laughs> you're lying a lot. <laughs> I'm oh just my like, gosh. run. So Yikes. anyway, if you're looking for a new 90-day iteration, I'm enjoying that one. Oh, I'm sure our listeners are because I see threads with you and listeners about it. And I'm always like, I don't know, but it's okay. No. Yeah, no, don't don't start now. If you haven't, if you've felt released from this, don't do it. I'm free. I'm liberated. Um, no, yes. that's good though. And you know, speaking, we talked about this, so it's not a it's not like our pick, but um I started selling the OC, which is like yeah. the spinoff of selling Sunset and boy is it bad. And there is a little bit of that too, just from the LA to OC, like the different yeah. way it's shot and just a different style. And I, you know, obviously director and producer, I would imagine are different. Maybe not. Um, I'm not sure who, who's behind it, but, um, it, it's, it's so, so bad. And I want to know if anyone that listens to this is, is watching it and what people think. Um, yeah. Are it, they still trying to make the Oppenheimer twins a thing? Oh yeah. They're all in there in the OC. And I will say, I don't, I know we now have, can separate, we can identify yeah, Rhett and Jason, mm-hmm. but I, I've been watching this so background that I, I don't know which one is which currently because I'm not watching closely enough and you have to watch pretty right. clo- closely to know. I feel like only one of them is going there more than the other, but he's cursing all the time. I feel like that's his thing in the OC is that he's just got this like sailor mouth, like, mm-hmm. like he's so cool and he's from LA and so he's like oh, saying like the f word a lot and like Mm -hmm. i don't know there's like a different like he feels superior to them and it's very obvious and i just Uh like it makes me cringe but i also kind of am enjoying how sad it is lots of eye candy this is a a men and women office so that's not just a bunch of women it's it's a bunch of very good looking men we can objectify everyone yes equal opportunity objectification (laughs) and my husband came and he's like are you gonna keep watching because i'll i'll just leave you know like he can't be around any of these shows and then i was like can you just appreciate like this cast and he was like yeah there's a lot of good looking people in that room like the women and the men like they were all just i'm like you know just let's just keep it on the background we'll turn the volume down right but it's um, like not important it is not good happening Mm-mm. no it is not good i'm i appreciate you giving that uh recommendation that non-recommendation because yeah. well i, but still I never recommend even made it, it. like i don't think sunset. it's i don't judge you for watching it anyone because no i again i'm there for the real estate the beautiful scenery and it's the mm-hmm. ocean it's orange county so it's all oceanfront houses it's gorgeous it's fun because it's so produced and you can tell there's these scenes where there's like have this conflict, you guys. Right. But they're not. If you think Selling Sunset is trying too hard or aren't good actors, these are like people who couldn't make it to L.A. They're in Orange County. So they're worse. Sorry. Is this too mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was just a lot of things and it kept getting meaner and meaner. And I it's loved just it. like they're <laughs> like, you know, maybe Selling Sunset are like acting class dropouts. These guys didn't okay. get into acting class. Yeah. <laughs> like, they like went to the. F- preview lesson and they, they were went, not invited back yeah they are not barry okay yeah they're not they don't have the the, the, the x factor i miss barry every day i I flew through all three seasons and i just miss it yeah i'm gonna go back to barry but um but yeah it's just it is what it is the o selling okay. the oc all right rebecca and do you have clues for the next episode because i can't wait to release these this to you i'm very curious if you'll get this they are bentley malibu caffeine 
Bentley Malibu caffeine. Yeah. My brain is literally fried. I have no idea. Bentley Malibu caffeine. Yeah. Bentley makes me think Teen Mom, and I know that's not it because now we have Malibu right next to it. Right, because didn't one of them know. have a kid named Bentley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bentley. Bentley. Uh, yeah, she was like a mm-hmm. strawberry blonde. I can totally Kyle. picture her. Kyle, yes. that boyfriend yes. that went away. Yes. Um. Okay, I don't know, but I'm very excited. I'm excited, too. I'm excited to stump you, and I'm, I've been enjoying the research on this one. It'll be fun. Oh, good. I'm glad. Well, that mm-hmm. sounds great. Um. In the meantime, Rebecca, where can people catch you? So Dialogue, as you know, has been on a long summer hiatus, but it is wrapping up with new episodes coming later this month. I'm also going to the Obsessed Fest to do true crime trivia. So I'm very excited about that. So yeah, look for Dialogue back in the feeds on Wednesdays in mid-September. And Melissa, you and your co-host Mandy can be found every Tuesday on Moms and Murder, right? Every Tuesday, Moms and Murder every Tuesday. Yeah, we are there. And uh, a couple of really good episodes coming up. I told Rebecca we're doing something with an unsolved case that's currently going on. That's our first time doing that. Feel a lot of I want to do a good job with it. I'm feeling a lot of pressure. But of course, you guys are going to story. Yeah. No, I think that's so worthwhile. That's exciting. Yeah. Good. That's it, Rebecca. Yeah. Same here. Let's just do this again. Same time, same place. Two weeks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Criminality Show and TikTok, where Melissa continues to blow my mind. I'm just learning. I can't figure it out and can't edit worth crap, but just be patient. I'll figure it out eventually. You're doing great. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder and Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.